Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Yay, welcome. We are so excited to be with you tonight. If you're new to Flyover Conservatives, our slogan is wake up, speak up, and show up. We all what a President Trump to do 80 million things to save our country. And what we've learned over these last couple of years, what we really need is 80 million of us doing one thing every single day to save our own country. Yep. And and a part of that is controlling the, the message. Yes. Um, and it doesn't mean deleting someone else's message. It means 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 protecting truth and getting it out there. What's what what the enemy has been these last several years in our country, going back to I mean uh Operation Mockingbird, um, um, the uh, Smith Munt Act in 2012, which which Obama repealed, uh, the ability for the government to be able to use propaganda, propaganda, <laughs> and weaponized media against our own people. It, it's, I mean, we're Sad. talking CIA, uh, you know, techniques that that are used in foreign governments, weaponizing messaging against our own people. That's what's been happening in our country. That's why sometimes you'll see in the media, hey, this is what happened. And it's like, well, that must have happened because they will delete and ban alternate views. Um, college campus, they'll have mm-hmm. a terrorist be able to come on campus, but not a a Ben Shapiro can't come. And they, you don't get, you'll have a, a, a transgender pro, but, but you can't have a speaker that's contrary. So all mm-hmm. they hear is one form of messaging. And so so part of what we're trying to do here with the Flavor Conservative Podcast and you guys partnering with us by being part of that 80 million is, is getting this message out. We work hard to find the brightest minds that have spent the most time in private refining their ideas, working on them to bring them into public and to bring clarity, to yep. break through confusion, to mm-hmm. break off what I consider demonic strongholds where people are like, they they, they say up is down and down is up. They say good is evil and evil mm-hmm. is good. And so, so the purpose of this show, what we really do, we try to have fun with it and it's educational, but we're trying to pierce through those veils of darkness. And you guys are partnering with us to do that. We're thankful. We, we appreciate it. And, uh, um, we consider it an honor and it's a, it's a weight and it's a, it's something that, that we hold very valuable mm-hmm. is your trust in bringing on the best guests with the best ideas possible. So thank you for being a part of that. And I want to do a thank you to you all. You all come behind us. Our goal was initially to get to 90,000 subscribers on Rumble and we did it. Woo! So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Our next goal is by January to get to 100,000 subscribers and we need your help. So if you are on another platform, if you're on uh, pod, uh, podcasts like Apple or Podbean or something like that, or you're on some other one of our platforms, we just ask that you would come and join uh, the Flyover Conservatives on Rumble. Make sure you you come there and subscribe. We would really appreciate it. Hit that notification bell to be part of the show here on there as well. And here's why Rumble has consistently stood behind the First Amendment and free speech where other uh platforms, you know who they are. Everybody knows who's who in the zoo when it comes to freedoms, um, have, have banned, have, have, uh, disregarded truth. They censor, they cover things up and, uh, rumble has, has been, uh, consistent on that. And so we want to stand behind them as well. They're doing great things yep. to support America and, uh, we want to support them and, and be there as well. We also have our own app with the flyoverapp.com. We've got other places to be able to protect 
this message. We know what it's like to wake up one morning and everything that you've done over a year is just deleted. We know what that's like. Mm -hmm. And so we're protecting that message, but we're also partnering with Rumble because they've done a good job of of partnering with us. Yes. And talk about Rumble. This morning, I had the opportunity to uh, be on an interview with Loudmouth Prayer, Marty Grisham on Rumble. Great. So if you go to Loudmouth Prayer, you'll be able to find that full interview. It came out this morning, but I had such a great time. It was really fun talking about the prophetic, what God is doing during this time. You know, Marty interviews a lot of prophets like Amanda Grace, Julie Green, has these people on. I had the opportunity to come on and talk about what's going on in the prophetic right now. So make sure you follow Marty as well. He's doing such a great job of creating these different uh, places all across the country with prayer, praying for these individual states, these cities, and obviously our country as well. And we want to show you just a little bit of a clip from that interview, we're talking about an event that's coming up in Tulsa, and yeah. I cannot wait for that event. It's going to be with Amanda Grace and a lot of other people. So check out this clip. Well, hey, everybody. Marty Grisham here with Loudmouth Prayer and Loudmouth Prayer Nation. And thanks for joining us Friday mornings. We always try to bring you a good show with Loudmouth Prayer Nation. We've had some amazing guests, Amanda Grace, Mark Burns, Jackson Lawmeyer, Donye Clement, and we have a new guest with us today, one of our dear friends. What a special blessing to the body of Christ, Stacy Whited of the Flyover Conservatives. We're going to bring Stacy in in just a minute. But before we do, I just want to give you a reminder of one really big event coming up one week from today, one week from today on November the 10th, starting about seven o'clock at night, going for a few hours and then jumping into Saturday morning, November the 11th and going throughout the day is going to be our number four round number four of the Tulsa Healing Revival. Stacy and her crew, they're coming up to help us. The Flyover Conservatives are going to be helping us minister healing, praying, teaching, laying hands on the sick. Amanda Grace and Chris and her, her staff, they're coming up. We we have Pastor Dave and Katie Fowler from Kansas, and then you've got good old Jenny and I. Of course, Jenny's not old. Forget I said that. Sweet little sweet pea Jenny and I, we're going to be here too, and we're going to bring whole, bring another healing revival back to Tulsa. And so we're starting that one week from tonight. So if you haven't got a ticket or if you haven't got a seat reserved, um, it's hardly nothing to join us. We'd love for you to look in the show notes, the description below, click on Tulsa Healing Revival at the top, or you can go to loudmouthprayer.org. When you go there, you'll see right at the top in the middle, Tulsa Healing Revival round number four. Click on that. That'll get you set up to come with us. Once again, I just want to give you a quick reminder. If you can't, if you're unable to come up with the money to cover a ticket to come, because the tickets are very, very cheap, let me know. Shoot me an email. Lord have mercy where? I'll show you exactly where. Shoot me an email right here. I personally will take care of you, but just communicate with us and let us know that. Praise God. Having said all of that, let me show you a quick video about that healing revival.
So you can tell as we are and you are, we're getting really excited about this event one week from tonight. So if you can come join us, when you click on the link and you go to the Eventbrite, all the details, the location, the schedule, hotels, restaurants, everything is there for you to come have a good time. But hey, I don't want to waste any more time just me talking about that. I want to bring in our guest today, Stacy. Come on in and join us. Yay! Thank you Stacey. so much, Marty. That event looks incredible. I cannot wait for that event. Thank you so much I know. for inviting me to be a part of it. I know. I'm so excited. The Lord moved on my heart to reach out to you because, you know, you're having a, you're having a great prophetic voice of what you're helping the body of Christ do. I love what you guys do. You kind of touch media and America and God and country and you kind of just bring it together. And that's what the body of Christ really lost. The body of Christ got really wishy washy. So you guys have been a great voice to bring that stability back. And so that's one reason why I really wanted you because I know you also have a background. Loving, ministering, healing. And so that's why I wanted to invite you. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great event. And to be there with Amanda and Chris, to be there with you, it's going to be such an incredible event. My sister's actually coming with me. Yes. And uh, and we're really looking forward to that. That's going to be such a great, great time of healing, of just spending time with the Lord, of learning maybe even new aspects of the Lord that maybe we never even knew before. And I'm just excited about all of it. It's going to be a great event. Hello, Flyover family. Join me every Wednesday for the Prophetic report at 11:11 central you can find it on rumble you can find it on the flyover app we have such an incredible time of hearing from all of these different prophetic voices like robin bullock julie green barry wunch amanda grace and hank kuneman every week it's either five or six different prophets that are speaking and what's interesting is god is speaking through them and all of these voices come together like puzzle pieces it is so exciting to hear what the lord is saying We're hearing from medical. We're hearing from military intelligence. We're hearing from the financial world. We're hearing from mainstream media. But the most important is, what is God saying? He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 11.11. All right, let's get our stuff together here. Hi, I'm David Whited. <laughs> if we can skip the hi, my name's David part, because that's where I got it tend to derail. Hi. <laughs> but I did good. See, look. First thing says, say your name. Say your name, <laughs> say your name David Whited. <laughs> Have you been wondering what to do with the spare time you have on Saturday mornings? Have I got a way for you to fill that time? Not cleaning your garage, folding your laundry, or doing something with yourself. Filling your head with worthless information about what may or may not have happened 5,000 years ago. Have you ever wondered about ancient civilizations or about chemtrails in the sky? Or have you ever had a friend at at school talk to you about... Friend at school. (laughs) (laughs) Some days when you're sitting there with your lunch pail and you're talking to your friends at school, they, they bring up your flat earth and you think it's a flat I don't know if your flat earth is flat or not. I don't know. Alligators are angry because they got all those teeth and no toothbrush. And it's all true. And we talk about it every Saturday. <laughs> we talk about Rubik's Cubes and stuff. We like to have conversations with people that have made documentaries, written books, 
Oh, this is terrible. I can like feel myself hating watching this later. Okay, give me a swoosh. Let's do this thing for real this time. Bye, got a show for you. <laughs> my, my, hang on, my, my eyes red now. You won't be able to tell in there. Peter can fix it. He can run it through a filter. Can he run it through the Brad Pitt filter and get rid of the, my red eyes? Oh, I'm probably doing the world a disservice. Oh man, one of our favorite segments of the week. We give you a chance to look at the news cycle through the lenses of a professional news producer. We get to look through the lenses oh, of a I love it. She's looking under professional, the professional. I mean, truly she, it's she's, like she's legit. Turns over the stuff, way requests, holds people accountable, waiting on a statement I from know. these guys. Bum, 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 busting chops, holding people to holding the line. Uh it's former Fox News, Newsmax producer, um, uh, Major League Baseball, the current executive producer for The Absolute Truth with Emerald Robinson and the host of her own show, The Brianna Morello Show, the one, the only, Brianna Morello. Yay! There she is. Always a pleasure. Thank you for that. Was another incredible introduction. The list just keeps going on and on and on with all those titles. I know. And your show is rocking. Yeah. I mean, it's Thank exciting. You. you are doing some amazing interviews you know, and getting some great information. Yeah, we, uh, we just got a chance last night to watch the the Police State documentary by Dinesh D'Souza. And we're watching it. I pause. I'm like, that's one of Brianna Morello's guests. I pause it. Like, oh, that Brianna Morello knows that person. You know, it's I like know. it's like like the the caliber of people that you're having on your show are the highest end. I mean, that's what's featured in documentaries by Dinesh D'Souza, and that's yeah. a regular guest on the Brianna Morello show. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. So that film, I watched it. I loved it. He, Dinesh did a great job kind of just breaking down what this country has turned into. Yeah. Um, and the men behind that and the women as well, um, all of the whistleblowers, FBI and all these other agencies have come together and created kind of like just the just clear transparency as to what's going on right now in this country. I mean, they are the people who are going to hopefully change the country by just speaking out um, they, they've become great friends of mine. I had the opportunity to meet with them in person too this week, and it was just an honor oh, to wow. be among such brave Americans. But I'm optimistic that the people that you saw in that film, we know a lot of them, and I know that they're brave individuals. I know that they hold the line and they're not afraid of the federal government coming after them for just simply speaking truth to power. And it's an honor to know them at this point. I'm, I'm really just excited for them and for the world to see what they've been working on, but um, I'm just, mm-hmm. we're just so lucky to have them in our lives as well. Well, well two no things we go through each week. It. We go through uh, Brianna's Twitter feed because it's it's fire. Uh, for one, it's worth being on Twitter uh, just to catch what she's going. I think she's up to like 140,000 or something now. I don't know how many people. Uh, yeah, we're creeping up there. It, Woo, it, it's, it's, it's exciting. It, it, it's growing because it's like, wow, she's consistently smashing that nail, yep. you know, on a, on a daily basis. So go Brianna Morello, B-R-E-A-N-N-A, M-O-R-E-L-L-O. Not the easiest, but it's worth it once you get there. Just uh, double Brianna, everything and you'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, every letter, just give two of them. Uh, <laughs> that's what her parents did, so just stick with it. So, Brianna Morello on, on Twitter. But then also, uh, do her a solid. Go to Rumble today and and subscribe. This is somebody you want to support, mm-hmm. want to get behind, because she is the best guest telling the truth. Brianna Morello show on Rumble. Boom. Easy to find. Go there and just give it some support, because if you if you even remotely like this show, you're going to love that. That so. is for sure. All right. Thank you. Are you ready to go through your tweets? Let's, ready to drop fire? 
I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, it's a right. huge ones. We're going to start on a light one right now. Joe, so we got, uh, I liked your little sad face there, but Joe Biden corn maze. And you got one little <laughs> stuff there. <laughs> How amazing. I mean, he'd still get lost in that. You still wouldn't be able to find him in that corn, no. corn maze over there. Yeah. He's, uh, he's kind of a train wreck these days, but that's what the deep state wants. Yep. It's true. I, I like it because President Trump now has a kind of a skit down. I don't know if you've seen him of doing a little skit of uh, Joe Biden when he's exiting stage. He's and evolving, all that. getting a little better. Yeah, it's like, I think like it's absolutely comedian. hilarious. It's so bad. You know, I really wish we didn't have this kind of type of situation going on right now, but we do. It's what's upon us now. Um, I don't I, it's not like we can't even sit there and say that the, the vice president would be an upgrade. Um, obviously, that wouldn't be the case. So. Uh, I think we're all on pins and needles hoping that somehow in 2024 we could save the country and and put Trump or whoever is the Republican nominee. Obviously, I know Trump's clearing the race, but let's just say I'll give I'll be fair. Uh, but we just hope we could get a strong conservative in the White House to kind mm-hmm. of peel back at all this corruption and, and nonsense that we're seeing. But um, gosh, I just hope it's not Gavin Newsom that they put up in the next ticket. It probably will be, but it seems like Democrats are aiming to swap out their you candidates. Know, I- no I don't want to rabbit trails here, but it was just amazing seeing some clips of him this week. He just comes Why? right on there, looks right at the camera, and he's just like, California did the very best job of every state at, at, at not controlling people during COVID, but giving the power to the school districts, giving the power yeah. to the to the lowest level. It, we, we offered more freedom, more options, more choice than any state, and, and we performed better economically Crazy. than every state in the, in the union. We were the crown jewel during COVID. That's like, why everybody was leaving California. You're like, are, yeah. how do you do that? They're in Texas. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's backpedaling, though, because initially he said uh, his biggest regret was giving the local government too much power. And he thought that the state should have had the control, which is what a communist would say. And obviously, he's been spending some time over in China, probably yep. learning lessons from the CCP directly on how to control people. But ultimately, he he completely disagreed with um, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on how he treated the pandemic, which was the 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 blueprint on how everyone else mm-hmm. should have treated it. Um, but but now he's trying to backpedal and pretend like he was the beacon of freedom when he wasn't. He's the complete opposite. And and California is an absolute cesspool. But that's how they want it because apparently they keep re-electing these people. Yeah, they and love it's it. Getting worse and worse and worse. Yep, so true. So Californians true. love it like that. All right, let's but they on. do got more registered Republicans than any other state in the country. Yeah. True. But they it's just weird, got right? a lot more of everything than yep. every other state mm-hmm. in the country. All right, you had an yeah. interesting uh, tweet here about Fauci. Uh, in case you missed it, Anthony Fauci run lab in Montana experimented with coronavirus strain shipped in from Wuhan a year before COVID pandemic hit or began. Yeah. Now that is really interesting. Did you know that you uh, Montanians out there watching it? Did you guys know that? Yeah, isn't that scary? Mm. I mean, yeah, the White Coast Waste Project um, has done an incredible job unpacking all of this for us. Um, Emerald had Emerald Robinson on the absolute truth this week had Justin Goodman who who runs that that group on to discuss it and let me tell you something it, it's incredible the work that they've put together I mean Dr. Fauci based on the information that we now have available we've all been saying that he belongs in jail but now he undeniably belongs in mm. prison because I mean even Barack Obama during his time as president didn't want to fund these risky experiments over in Wuhan and yet Dr. Fauci found a way to go around all of them and to still keep funding it. And for some reason, he's still a part of this protected class within the Democratic Party where they they, they keep him safe and, and they don't mm-hmm. want him to be prosecuted. And obviously, when House Republicans took over, uh, he somehow stepped aside and, and has not been in public office since then. But ultimately, I mean, this, this man blogs in prison. It is clear as mm-hmm. day that they set this up 
They did it perfectly, timing it perfectly right before the election so they could push through the absentee ballots. And unfortunately, not Mm -hmm. enough Americans are screaming about this. I mean, this is criminal. We had allegedly, they keep saying that millions of Americans died because of this. I think there's probably more that have been injured by the vaccines and passed away than the actual virus itself. Mm -hmm. But um, they will deny that till they're blue in the face. Yeah. And so um, Dr. Fauci for prison at this point, he needs Mm -hmm. to go to jail. He needs to spend the rest of his life in prison and anyone else who is a part of this. I totally agree. We have a hat here that says... FlyerConservatives.com. We've got a line line of merch. Fauci for Gitmo. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't even know that. That was a good pitch. Yeah. Yeah. We've got t-shirts and uh, the whole bit uh, there. So I'm just going to keep this out here a little. Because that's where he needs to go. A little bit of branding. All right. Let's jump in. This is good news. And we do got some dark news we're going to be getting to. But let's do this one. It's kind of a positive. Only 7% of adults and 2% of children have received the latest COVID jabs in the U.S. Uh, This makes Big Pharma very angry. Um, have you comment on that, but, uh, it's also interesting. The Kansas City Star did a report, Travis Kelsey, uh, for his two shot Taylor mm-hmm. Swift combo shot, uh, is received up to $20 million, Woo. uh, in payment to get people to go get uh, their flu shot and their COVID booster at the same time, which means, which means there's probably a lot of, a lot of, not a natural push behind it. This was mm-hmm. a pandemic that needed a billion dollar marketing budget. And to keep the vaccines going, uh, they got to pay entertainers uh, $20 million a pop to push their shots. It's interesting. People are, seem to be wising up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I think his relationship with Taylor Swift is a PR stunt rather than a yeah. legitimate relationship because there's sadly a lot of Americans aren't very intelligent and it's those who follow celebrity news. There's been several studies that show that they're, they're not the brightest people in the world. And so Mm -hmm. they see things like, Oh, look, it's, it's our favorite. It's a football player dating Taylor Swift. Oh, and now he's in a commercial. Now I have to get vaccinated because he said, get vaccinated. I mean, they're, they're not, and it's not our audience that's listening to this that I'm describing. It's the people that are voting uh, liberals in and doing all this nonsense and mm-hmm. like gr- grip waiting for their favorite celebrity to endorse a presidential candidate. Like those people are mindless, but, mm-hmm. um, and that's the reason why they do things like this. Uh, I think it's disgusting because there's been several studies out now. And even the New York times having to admit that the uh, flu vaccine and the COVID jabs, when they combine them and do them at the same time, uh, you're increasing the risk of stroke and seizures and the risk of that already initially to take these mRNA vaccines has already been through the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I know mm-hmm. people who have been vaccine injured and they're not even, their doctors aren't even re- re- reporting it to VAERS and issuing a VAERS report on their right. injuries because they don't, don't want to put their names out there. So whatever you're looking at now, which is a couple of million people who are injured by the vaccine, according to VAERS, it's probably triple the amount because so many doctors don't want to fill out the VAERS report and get penalized by their hospital or by Big Pharma for filing it. So shame on, you know, any athlete who takes money mm-hmm. for Big Pharma and pushes it. Aaron Rodgers uh, has my favorite response, though, when he keeps making fun of him and calling him. Yeah. And he calls him Mr. Pfizer. Mr. Pfizer, uh, yeah. And, yeah, it, and I good, think that but, should be the response. You're a seller. Yeah. And I love yeah. Travis Kelsey as an athlete, and he's, he's a yeah. great personality. He's a good person in the community and those things. But I'm glad that he does have standards because I'm sure he probably turned down $5 million. He probably turned down $10 million. He's like, no, the, the, the two shots at the same time, I, I, I spent 30 seconds looking it up, and that's all it took. It's dangerous. $15 million. Ah. You know, no, 20 million. Well, you know, hey, people, everybody's got to make their own choices. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. at least he had a standard. He drove them up to 20 million. Col- Colton had on the the thing there that they had looked it up. It looks like 5 million was the most he's ever made from endorsements. Um, And then to see that, you know, 20 million just for the Pfizer, that's pretty crazy. Boom. It's disgusting. Be- because it's wow. so needed and so necessary and people are so concerned uh, uh, 
with COVID. Mm-hmm. Typically, when you combine, this is what this <laughs> says, typically if you combine his salary from the NFL and his endorsement deals, he makes $19 million per year. Um, and he's at, you know, the Nike, Tide, T-Mobile, Old Spice. He's been on been on the rounds of all the biggest, you know, sponsors ones. Pfizer's deal paid him $20 million this year. So he made more from Pfizer this year than his football career and his other endorsements combined. Wow. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of money in these vaccines, Sad. man. Bill Gates. Bill Gates said getting into vaccines was his best business decision ever. Jeez. There's a lot more money to be made in vaccines than there is in computers or sports or Nike endorsements or anything else. Vaccines are where the money is at because you mm-hmm. force people to take them at gunpoint or they're mm-hmm. going to lose their job, lose their livelihood. So mm-hmm. it's it's an incredible business model if you can be on the right side of it and you have no morals and or you don't no care. Morals, yeah. Then it's True. a super win. Yeah. 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 Let's talk it's about disturbing. something else. Let's talk about something else sad, a little disturbing, actually, as well. <clears throat> so let's go to what's happening with Hamas. Uh, this young girl that they found, twenty-three-year-old, um, and just reading the story on that, the disclosed TV you see there, but just the, going through articles about what happened to her. She was obviously at the musical festival in Israel. Um, they did find her decapitated. Um, this is really sad. I think that people really need to understand that that Hamas, it's evil. They are evil, period. This is just an example of it. I think you need to read it. People are listening to this. Some of them are not staring at the screen. I mean, people that are sitting there like, well, both sides have done things that we need to like just, you know, pop. there's a different kind of evil. You know, when the when the, the guy in Maine was on the run, I was hoping they were going to catch him. I didn't hope somebody was going to rape him, tear off his head and spit on him. Like, you know why? Because we don't think like that. It's this evil. is a different category of, of evil, the things that were done to her and the celebration of of the evil. And I think people need to, I don't like talking about this stuff, mm-hmm. but they need to be aware of, of, of what they're up against because this isn't a normal back and forth, two sides fighting because they really want their homeland. Mm-hmm. This is a group yeah. of people 100% dedicated to the annihilation of a people group. Yep. So it says, after Hamas unleashed their terror attack on those attending the musical festival in Israel, they dragged Luke's corpse back to Gaza. Videos of men spitting on her body were posted online. Luke's skull has been located without her body, meaning they they decapitated her. Barbaric monsters that do not value human life did this to her. Never forget. That's Brianna's tweet right there. It's so sad. Yeah. I think people don't realize watching the video of her body in the back of a pickup truck and then they just are spitting on her. It's disturbing. The disturbing part, though, to this also that people are, are probably unaware of or they're quite confused about. Uh, sadly, Hamas, when they brought her to Gaza, they somehow, and you could tell in the, when she's in the back of the pickup truck, sadly, her chest isn't rising. So I'm quite certain that she had already passed away before she got into the back of that pickup truck, before they put her in the back of the pickup truck. Because um, I sat there and watched the video over and over again to see if there was any signs of life. And if you're not breathing, you're not breathing. There's no mm-hmm. way to resuscitate you. And they're not trying to resuscitate her. Um, they are completely violating her body. And um, sadly, when they brought her to the Gaza hospital, they um, they called her or contacted her mother and they somehow gave her mom the hope that she was still alive, whether they sent a video maybe of her on a machine possibly, which even if it's on a ventilator, they can make it appear like she's, she's alive. Um, but I don't think she was alive at that time. Truthfully, based on what you saw in that video when they're – degrading her body uh, i think it was very obvious that she had lost her life before then but i think the reason why so many people were confused by my post and what they were hearing in the media there's spin to everything and it's on both sides 
But the spin on their side would have been the video was so vile and it made me cry and it probably made most Americans really upset. Um, it, it, it validates and vilifies Hamas and they don't want that from a PR standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so what they were probably trying to do is give that mother either a glimpse of hope that she was still alive so she could tell the media that she was still alive. And they, the mother did say that they were keeping her alive in a Gaza hospital, which is very unlikely. Um, but she did go out and say that. So that takes a lot of the pressure from the media off of that situation. Cause now there, there's hope that she is alive and she's still, and she's still going to make a full recovery. Uh, so that's why they would do so. Or they could have just, um, we know that they've been taking American hostages and other, and other hostages from other countries as well. Um, they could have just been doing it to shake the family down for money. I don't know if the mother was forced to pay over any medical expenses. Um, she probably would be too ashamed to say if she did. But um, that's the likelihood of that. And and there was people on the media were, were kind of saying, oh, they found a piece of her skull. And that's why they weren't they were able to confirm that she did pass away. Uh, but other reports from Israeli officials did say that they, they actually found her her head. Mm-hmm. And so... It's our media trying to lighten the bur- the 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 media attention that's going to be placed on Hamas because they don't want to demonize them either, and I think that's the most disturbing part, right? Like, once let's say they get their ultimate goal and they're able to take take Israel over and and they eliminate all the Jews, what's next? These people do not want to coexist with the rest of us, and I think that's what everyone needs to understand mm-hmm. at home. It doesn't matter what religion you are; they don't like Americans, they don't like Christians, they don't like Catholics, they don't like anyone that does not believe in their radical beliefs. And that's ultimately what you're fighting. You're not just fighting just to protect Jewish Jewish people living in Israel. You're fighting to literally keep our world in order mm-hmm. and to keep everyone alive. And I just don't see it the other way around. I know people say there's two sides to it. I understand Egypt's claims that they did alert Israel and Israel denies that before the attacks happen. And that's something that we definitely need to pay attention to and we need to be demanding answers yeah. from. But ultimately, these groups would kill all of us, and that's mm-hmm. the big difference in all of this. And, and and Jewish people living in Israel, they would never harm any of us, and that's mm-hmm. the big difference here. And that's the two sides I see in all of this. Man, well put. That well is put. very well said. Well put. So sad. This is just so sad. And again, sad. I, I encourage you, Flavor family, do go Rumble, Brianna Morello show, um, um, and I believe it's, it's on Apple and everywhere else you want to go to get it. But she covers these mm-hmm. things with a clarity – and a courage that you just do not see in the media right now. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's everybody needs to go there and hit subscribe today. Thank you. you had another uh, tweet here, Brianna, about uh, what's going on there, too. You have um, we have people storming airports looking to kill Jews and the corporate media is still referring to them as pro-Palestinian protesters or pro-Palestine protesters. These are the same people that have no issue calling nonviolent Trump supporters domestic terrorists. How uh, now notice how they use harsher terms when describing their political opposition, but cozy up to their terrorist allies. Wow, that is true. It's it's sad. So we had Tommy Robinson on um, with Emerald this week, and and he just ripped them because in the UK they're doing the same thing. They're taking to the streets. They're yep. they're they're screaming anti-Semitic lines and and trying to you know push that same verbiage that Hamas is doing, and the media over there is doing the same exact thing. They keep saying pro-Palestine. Um, it's not pro-Palestine. You are you're pro-Hamas. You're a pro-terrorist organization. You are okay with these people being murdered, raped, kidnapped, and abused. And mm-hmm. um, there's no validation for it because the other side's not doing it. 
no matter when they you know want to sit there and say that that oh it's a two-sided issue i've not seen a group of jewish people storming airports looking for muslims i have not seen a group or an individual from israel coming over to gaza and stabbing people uh in the name of god i have not seen or their god i have not seen any of that and we were constantly there was just a gentleman actually who was not even Gosh, I can't, I can't remember what state it was from. I just like the tweet. I think I retweeted it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but there was just a gentleman who was arrested here in the United States um, because he, and he's not from here, I believe he's from Jordan. He was illegally living here. He overstayed his visa. He illegally obtained um, guns in our country. And he was on a quest to go after and kill Jewish people in our country. Um, it's not two-sided, folks. There's not a group of Jewish people looking to go kill Muslims. Right. And we hear reports all the time in Israel. Israel will proudly, there's a report that came out from uh, J. Michael Waller, um, it, or he retweeted it. Uh, it's not two-sided. Israel is full of kind people who will help anyone. And they have literally opened their doors to people who live in Gaza. And if they need a medical treatment, bring them to their hospitals and help them. And it's not happening the other way around. Mm -mm. So we could sit there and go back and forth all we want. But I mean, I live here in South Florida. And I remember when one of our um, condo buildings came crashing down and it was devastating. And I remember the only country that sent a search and rescue team was Israel. Israel flew their people to our country, to Florida, to help search for those missing Americans who were in the debris. Doesn't happen everywhere, guys. There's only really one country that has our back. And I'm not even for uh, funding foreign wars, obviously. But um, I do think Israel is our greatest ally, especially in the Middle East. Totally agree. Well, we were just there in the spring. And I tell you what, there is every form of religion represented there, Mm -hmm. all living peacefully, all able to vote, no persecution. Mm -hmm. There's no Jews living in, you know, outside there. You know, they're not not allowed to. They'll be killed. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, you, you can see it. You can see it as you travel. We took a helicopter trip, and you can even, you can even see from a helicopter where you know things are going on. And it's like, wow, it is very mm-hmm. uh, very sobering to think that our universities and our the Democratic Party are are more aligned with Hamas and and than they are freedom and and true democracy mm-hmm. when they're constantly saying here our democracy is under attack. You know, yeah. it's it's the only functioning government in in that whole area, and uh, it, it's sad to see you know that kind of education that's been filling mm-hmm. the minds of college students and now high schools and stuff for a long time. That's Next exactly th- right. So, Brianna, thank you for shedding light on that for people to see that for being brave, speaking up, you know, and letting your voice be heard. We all have to do that, and we really appreciate you standing strong during this time and sh- and sharing the truth. Thank you, David and Stacey. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Our founding fathers evolved the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.
My towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com All right, Flavor family. My name is Avery Whited. I'm the daughter of David and Stacy. I'm just moving in, so I had to get an order for my pillow and get the things that I needed. So, let's look inside. I got some MyPillow uh, towels, kitchen towels. I got some of their Giza sheets. Now, I've never actually been able to use them, but I've heard amazing things from my parents about them. And last but not least, something for Charlie. Hey, dog bed. All right, Charlie, let's go put this in the dryer and fluff it up for you. Come on, buddy. Nice and warm and fluffy. Perfect for my little guy. Come here, Charlie. All right, if you want to get your own products, go to mypillow.com and use promo code FLYOVER to save up to 66% off. It is a true honor, and I mean that in every way possible, an honor to uh, introduce our next guest. We're in some of the most confusing times, topics, uh, issues, things that... uh, have made people question things they know um, in, in 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 interesting ways. We're talking about global events, war uh, going on in in the Middle East, and and we've dove into research mm-hmm. and digging in, and and truly, I think we have one of the best guests that we could possibly uh, have on to break uh, this down and to shed some understanding. And Stacy and I are here just truly like like uh, with all humility to learn more on these topics right now. And 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 Flyver family, just join in uh, with us. Get your get your notepad ready because. We got a lot to lot to cover here from the Maccabee Task Force, Mr. David Brog. Yay! Woo! Welcome. Thank you very much for having me, David and Stacy. Great to be with you. Oh, it's truly an honor. Um, you know, David and I have watched uh, your PragerU vid- video. We're going to share some of that today, but we've learned a lot from you without ever have an opportunity to meet you. So it's truly an honor to be able to meet you. But for our Flyover family that maybe doesn't know, what is the Maccabee Task Force? So the Maccabee Task Force is an organization dedicated to fighting anti-Semitism and the delegitimization of Israel on college campuses. We're uh, almost 10 years old. We were founded by Sheldon and Miriam Adelson. Um, you know, Sheldon Adelson was a great, great supporter of conservative causes, great supporter of Israel. Um, his wife, Miri, is still with us, and she's continuing his legacy. Mm. And they saw a decade ago the problem that's now breaking out on campuses across the country, which is there is this, this vile hatred for Israel that crosses the line from any legitimate criticism of Israel. You can criticize Israel all you want. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I do daily. 
but it crosses the line from any legitimate criticism of Israel into a demonization of Israel, a delegitimization mm-hmm. of Israel. Denial of Israel's very right to exist that is anti-Semitic. And this is the dominant form of anti-Semitism on college campuses. So they saw a decade ago that we need to do something to push back. And so we've developed programs that bring the truth about Israel into these very dark places, which are our leading college campuses yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. And so we're fighting this battle you know, on the ground, on the campuses. And I'll just share some good news. The bad news is all over. The bad news is, is the fact that shortly after Hamas terrorists murdered 1,400 Israelis, you know, dismembered babies in front of parents and vice versa, protests broke out on college campuses across the country, not in support of Israel, in support of Hamas, the perpetrators. That gives you a sense of how mm-hmm. sick things are and how mm-hmm. wrong things are. The good news is this, though. What we found is most people who participate in these anti-Israel events are not doing it because of any inborn hatred of Israel or Jews. They're doing it because they believe a narrative about Israel that is false, that's completely at odds with the reality. In fact, if I believe the anti-Israel narrative that dominated our college campuses, I'd protest Israel too. The truth is completely at odds with this. And the good news is, is when we can share that truth with students, and it's not easy, but when we can do it, Mm -hmm. and it involves bringing a lot of them to see the truth for themselves in Israel, it changes them. And almost all of them understand that they were misled, they were lied to, and they no longer want to be part of the Israel hate that dominates these campuses. So our truth, it's just not easy to get it out there. Man, that is so good to hear, though. That is great that you have, you're seeing breakthrough, especially for what we're seeing, you know, what's going on at college campuses right now. You know, Cornell, for example, you know, what is your thought on that? And, you know, is there... I think, is there, I think they even, they might have closed school yeah. today or yesterday, you know, because the, the threat levels was so high. I saw a couple of really brave young students um, on Fox Business, I think, yesterday or day before. Um, you know, it's interesting, you know, because you, you break this down and you see... A college campus would be very open and willing, free speech, do what you want to have on a, a terrorist to come on and speak at a college campus, but not Ben Shapiro. Yeah. You know, uh, it, there's there's such a one-sided narrative that students aren't even allowed the ability to, you know, weigh out two ideas. Yeah, it's, you know, another in, in, in indicia of anti-Semitism is a gross double standard. When you apply a standard to Israel or supporters of Israel that you never apply to any other human being on God Greedens Earth, you're an anti-Semite. And the double standard has been you know, overwhelming. Like you say, they censor conservative speech. They, they censor a conservative opinion. You get in trouble if you misgender someone. Right? Yep. But you can celebrate the massacre and dismemberment of 1,400 Israelis, and all of a sudden, administrators in these college campuses are, are saying, well, we support free speech. In this instance mm-hmm. and in this instance only. Look, if something, if, if this were different, if sick, disgusting people were celebrating the massacre of any other minority group on campus, we know what would happen to them and should happen to them. They wouldn't be on that campus very long. Mm-hmm. I personally am sick and tired of Jews being the exception and dead Mm -hmm. Jews are different and you can celebrate it and you can support it and you can get away with it. And it's that anti-Semitic double standard that we're determined to fight. But uh, recent events have shown we got a long way to go. Well, it's just pure evil. I mean, that is just, it's just evil period. Let's uh, let's give our listeners a quick uh, update. Your, your, 
it's a windy, twisty path that got you to where you are. You've sort of been there and 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 done that. But give a quick background of yourself, and then uh, then want to jump into some of the the conflict in the Middle East. Have you bring some clarity to that, like you do on the campuses? Yeah, my basic background. Um, I'm a Jewish kid from the Northeast. Um, never really met a, a, an evangelical Christian until um, I, I went to work for a, a Pennsylvania senator, uh, Arlen Specter. Okay. Uh, and I was his chief counsel and his chief of staff. I worked on Capitol Hill for a decade. And uh, I used to go back to, to the state to uh, work on his reelections. And it, there in the state, especially central Pennsylvania, it's very conservative, very Christian. Mm-hmm. I started to meet a lot of evangelicals who told me, oh, well, you're Jewish. We love the Jews. Uh, Israel, we love Israel. And I had a reaction at the time, which was very typical for my community, which was one of suspicion. You know, my understanding of Jewish history in Christian countries was that we weren't always loved or appreciated and, and we weren't always treated well. Um, and so I was suspicious. Uh, but I quickly got uh, ashamed of my initial reaction. Because I, I fell in love with so many of the people I met, uh, some wow. of these great Christians I met in central Pennsylvania. And I realized I was judging them while I knew nothing about them. Uh, and that's exactly what we Jews complained about for centuries when it was done to us. Mm. How dare I do it to someone else? Um, so I engaged in a project, a three-year research project, um, where I, I, I researched and wrote and I showed up in churches and I ordered sermons. And I researched the topic of why do um, Christians support Israel? Uh, and I wrote a book called Standing with Israel about it. And I came to the conclusion that this was a genuine outpouring of, of, of the highest biblical values and, 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 and the highest Christian values. There's no ulterior motive. There, there's no negative to it. This is actually the answer to two millennia of prayer. You know, For two millennia, we wanted our Christian neighbors to appreciate us, to love us, to support us. And here it's happening. Wow. And the Jewish community hadn't recognized it. And so um, I wrote this book and I spoke in synagogues across the country saying, saying, you know, you know, those righteous Gentiles who risked their lives to save Jews from the Holocaust. We have the equivalent here in America today. We have we have Christians often at, at a high price standing up and speaking out for the Jewish state of Israel. We need to wake up, recognize this and embrace these new friends. Through that wow. uh, book, I met one of the leading pro-Israel pastors in America. His name is Pastor John Hagee. Yeah, uh, he lives in San Antonio, Texas, and he and I got together one day, and he said to me, "You know, David, what are you doing in your life?" And, you know, it's a coincidence if you believe in those things. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't so much. <laughs> and I said, "Funny, you should ask." I just left uh, Senator Arlen Specter's office, and I'm looking for my next challenge. And uh, he said, "Well, I'd like to build a nationwide pro-Israel evangelical organization." You know, you understand us, you understand Washington, you understand the Jewish community. Maybe we could do it together. And I joined with Pastor John Hagee. Wow. And together, we built something called Christians United for Israel, which is the largest pro-Israel group in America today. And it does really important work because if people think Israel is just a Jewish issue, then Israel's in trouble. People need to understand Israel is not just a Jewish issue. It is a Christian and Jewish issue. Mm -hmm. It is an issue that interests people not just in New York and Los Angeles, but in every congressional district in between. And Kufi helps accomplish that mission. So I spent a decade uh, with Pastor Hagee building Kufi, and then I came over uh, to build the Maccabee Task Force with the Adelsons. And that's me in a nutshell. Wow. Man, you've been there, done that. And you actually, didn't you live in Israel for a while? Were you in Tel Aviv? 
Yeah, I um, I, uh, I practiced law for a while before I went to Capitol Hill and um, went over to Israel and spent two years practicing law in Israel, living in Tel Aviv. And uh, it really deepened my connection with Israel and the people of Israel. My Hebrew got a lot better. And, I bet. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, you know, this fact I am proud of, and you know, this and three bucks gets me a latte in Starbucks, you know, but I, <laughs> I passed the Israeli bar exam in Hebrew. Very proud of that. Wow, that's uh, impressive. Yeah, yeah. That and, is uh, really good. That time there, you know, a lot of American Jews have never been to Israel. They don't really care about Israel. Uh, this was the time in my life that deeply connected me uh, with Israel. And then, of course, later I, I married an Israeli. Um, I, I like to brag on my wife. She's the, you know, she's the, uh, she's the, the tough one in the family. She is a six year veteran of Israel's air force. Wow. And when I met her, she was working at the Institute for counterterrorism in Herzliya, Israel. And, um, she's been very busy lately. Uh, for I'm, all the wrong reasons. She has. Yeah. Well, at wow. least you can feel safe when you go out at night. No kidding. You got her by your side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as long as she's there. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Well, you know, a lot of our Flyover family knows we were in Israel at uh, the end of um, April, early May for 10 days and loved it. We knew the very first day we couldn't wait to come back. By the end of the first day, we're like, okay, we need to cut off the FOMO. We're not going to see it all. Exactly. This needs to be we an annual. We are coming back here. We absolutely loved it. I, I I've, I've lost count. I've been to Israel over 50 times at wow. this point. I still haven't seen everything. Man. So you have yeah. to get over that. Yep. And you have to get over that and you have to get back. Yes, yeah. for sure. We we are really looking forward to that. Well, I want to jump into what kind of what kind of uh, ignited our our interest in this conversation. I love PragerU videos because mm-hmm. if there's something in the world you don't understand on economics or how this is, you know, you can sound like you know a lot more than you do in like five minutes True. because they've made a video on it and it's like, it'll get you up to speed pretty quick on that topic and usually introduce you to maybe an author or a content creator you didn't know about and kind of send you down a rabbit trail to, to find the things you need to know. I think it's one of the best sort of, uh, I don't know, almost like guerrilla warfare for mm-hmm. thinkers. You know, you can trickle these out and college kids get them and we post them and, and like to share them because it, it, they, people get it and they're like, well, that was interesting. I never heard that. And it kind of, it's a, it's a sort of a time machine to an hour from now, yes. you know, when you get into the PragerU videos, but uh, you've made two of them. Um, we got one called the five no's. I want to play real quick. It's got millions and millions of views um, on this platform. And uh, I'd like to, to, to play it. And then just the rare honor when you get to mm-hmm. see one of these videos, actually hear from the creator of it uh, right afterwards. So let's go ahead and, and play that. If Israel just allowed the Palestinians to have a state of their own, there would be peace in the Middle East, right? That's what you hear from UN ambassadors, European diplomats, and most college professors. But what if I told you that Israel has already offered the Palestinians a state of their own, and not just once, but on five separate occasions? Don't believe me? Let's review the record. After the breakup of the Ottoman Empire following World War I, Britain took control of most of the Middle East, including the area that constitutes modern Israel. Seventeen years later, in 1936, the Arabs rebelled against the British and against their Jewish neighbors. The British formed a task force, the Peel Commission, to study the cause of the rebellion. The commission concluded that the reason for the violence was that two peoples, Jews and Arabs, wanted to govern the same land. The answer, the Peel Commission concluded, would be to create two independent states, one for the Jews and one for the Arabs. 
a two-state solution. The suggested split was heavily in favor of the Arabs. The British offered them 80% of the disputed territory, the Jews the remaining 20%. Yet, despite the tiny size of their proposed state, the Jews voted to accept this offer. But the Arabs rejected it and resumed their violent rebellion. Rejection number one. Ten years later, in 1947, the British asked the United Nations to find a new solution to the continuing tensions. Like the Peel Commission, the UN decided that the best way to resolve the conflict was to divide the land. In November 1947, the UN voted to create two states. Again, the Jews accepted the offer, and again, the Arabs rejected it. Only this time, they did so by launching an all-out war. Rejection number two. Jordan, Egypt, Iraq, Lebanon, and Syria joined the conflict, but they failed. Israel won the war and got on with the business of building a new nation. Most of the land set aside by the UN for an Arab state, the West Bank and East Jerusalem, became occupied territory, occupied not by Israel, but by Jordan. Twenty years later, in 1967, the Arabs, led this time by Egypt and joined by Syria and Jordan, once again sought to destroy the Jewish state. The 1967 conflict, known as the Six-Day War, ended in a stunning victory for Israel. Jerusalem and the West Bank, as well as the area known as the Gaza Strip, fell into Israel's hands. The government split over what to do with this new territory. Half wanted to return the West Bank to Jordan and Gaza to Egypt in exchange for peace. The other half wanted to give it to the region's Arabs, who had begun referring to themselves as the Palestinians in the hope that they would ultimately build their own state there. Neither initiative got very far. A few months later, the Arab League met in Sudan and issued its infamous three no's. No peace with Israel, no recognition of Israel, no negotiations with Israel. Again, a two-state solution was dismissed by the Arabs, making this rejection number three. In 2000, Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak met at Camp David with Palestinian Liberation Organization Chairman Yasser Arafat to conclude a new two-state plan. Barak offered Arafat a Palestinian state in all of Gaza and 94% of the West Bank, with East Jerusalem as its capital. But the Palestinian leader rejected the offer. In the words of U.S. President Bill Clinton, Arafat was here 14 days and said no to everything. Instead, the Palestinians launched a bloody wave of suicide bombings that killed over 1,000 Israelis and maimed thousands more on buses, in wedding halls, and in pizza parlors. Rejection number four. In 2008, Israel tried yet again. Prime Minister Ehud Olmert went even further than Ehud Barak had, expanding the peace offer to include additional land to sweeten the deal. Like his predecessor, the new Palestinian leader, Mahmoud Abbas, turned the deal down. Rejection number five. In between these last two Israeli offers, Israel unilaterally left Gaza, giving the Palestinians complete control there. Instead of developing this territory for the good of its citizens, the Palestinians turned Gaza into a terrorist base from which they have fired thousands of rockets into Israel. Each time Israel has agreed to a Palestinian state, the Palestinians have rejected the offer, often violently. So if you're interested in peace in the Middle East, 
Maybe the answer is not to pressure Israel to make yet another offer of a state to the Palestinians. Maybe the answer is to pressure the Palestinians to finally accept the existence of a Jewish state. I'm David Brog, Executive Director of the Maccabee Task Force for Prager University. So good. Wow, wow, wow. wow. I don't know how many times I've seen that in yep. the last couple of weeks, but a lot. And every time I learn something, it's so well done, so efficient. Um, before we get into it, I do want to highlight you have a book out called Reclaiming Israel's History. Um, we'll have a link to that down below. So if, if if this is awakening things in you, if you like it or don't like it or wherever you are, you are but but you're humble enough to want to learn more, these are great resources to go next with Reclaiming Israel's History. Um, find it the, on Amazon. Find it on Amazon. We'll put a link down below that you can get it. David, the, you, you made this a few years ago. What I don't know when the last time you saw it was. I doubt you you, uh, you sit and make popcorn and watch this in the evening. Uh <laughs> But it's so relevant right now. What were your thoughts going through as, as you were covering this? So because I work a, a lot around college students uh, and young people, um, young people want justice. You know, they, they crave for justice. And I kept hearing over and over again, you know, doesn't Israel, you know, shouldn't Israel give the Palestinians a state? Isn't this whole conflict being driven by the fact that Israel won't give the Palestinians a state? And shouldn't Israel give them a state and then and then it will end all of this violence and bloodshed? Having studied the conflict, I know that the violence and bloodshed preceded uh, the creation of Israel. Um, and I know the violence and bloodshed often came not when Israel was refusing to negotiate, but ironically after Israel had made its most generous peace offers. Yeah. And so to me, this shows a complete misunderstanding of what's driving the conflict it's being used to blame Israel when Israel is not to blame. And so I thought we need to make it clear to people, so overwhelming majority of college students who believe that, that this is why there's a conflict. No. Um, and the fact is that, you know, I think it's natural for college students to project onto Palestinians and to say, well, I wouldn't want to go out and murder people unless those people had done something very terrible to me. Therefore, if Hamas is going out murdering people, mm. Israel must have done something very terrible to the Palestinians. Israel must somehow be to blame. And it's a misunderstanding of the world that's common among college students who don't recognize and confront a basic fact, a biblical fact, that there is evil in the world. Not everyone is like us. Not everyone wants yeah. what we want. And not everyone behaves like you would. And an example of that are the terrorists of Hamas. And so... This, this video was my effort to show that that is simply a red herring and not true. Israel's tried to achieve peace in two states. That hasn't brought peace. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the demands of Hamas are very clear. And unfortunately, the demands of Hamas are demands Israel can never meet. And I'll cite to you the Hamas Charter of 1988, okay. which states two things that everyone needs to be aware of. One, it says at the outset, uh, Israel will exist until Islam will obliterate it. Until Islam helps us achieve a state living in peace. Their goal is the obliteration of Israel. And if you think that's hyperbole or they don't mean it, the massacre of October 7th demonstrates they, they mean it. The second thing people wow. need to be aware of in that Hamas charter is it quotes a hadith, which is a saying of the Prophet Muhammad that is commonly cited by genocidal anti-Semites. And the hadith that they cite in their charter is, that in the day of judgment, the trees and rocks will scream out, Oh, Muslim, there is a Jew hiding behind me. Come and kill him. In other words, even the trees and rocks will participate in the genocide of the Jews. 
Putting that in their charter is basically saying we support the killing of Jews around the world, not just in Israel. So I'm afraid Hamas has demands Israel cannot meet. It's not a state living in peace. Uh, it's the, for Israel and Jews to cease to exist. And if you doubt that, if that strikes you as hyperbole, I urge you to look at what happened on October 7th. They killed as many people as they could, and they would have kept going if they could. You know, it's been said, and I'll say it again, if Israel put down its arms tomorrow, there'd be a genocide of the Jews. If the Palestinians put down their arms tomorrow, there'd be a Palestinian state, because Lord knows Israel has tried to achieve it. Man, that's a great point. You have another prayer you called, What Would You Do? Can you tell a little bit about that? And then we'll put that in the notes below as well, so people right. can watch that link later. So tell us a little bit about that. So what happens and is happening now is Hamas has a strategy. Um, and again, people who, who think like we do, people who value human life have a hard time believing this. But Hamas has a strategy. It tries to kill Israeli civilians to provoke Israel to come into Gaza. And there Hamas tries to engineer as many Palestinian deaths as possible. And it's their strategy because they don't have another strategy. They cannot defeat Israel militarily. But they're not willing to just accept Israel as a reality and live in peace with Israel. And so they try this strategy, which works well for them. So up until October 7, what they've done is they've fired thousands of missiles at Israeli population centers. Thank God Israel has the technology, Iron Dome, to prevent those missiles from hitting their intended targets. Otherwise, there would have been thousands of Israeli dead and Israel would have had to have gone into Gaza sooner. But periodically, they fire so many thousands of missiles at Israeli cities that, that too many Israelis are killed, that life is disrupted, and Israel has had to go in. When Israel goes in, Hamas, so that's war crime number one, they fire at Israeli population centers. Right. War crime number two, they do it from Palestinian population centers. And they, and they prevent Palestinians from fleeing. And they do that on purpose because when Israel comes to defend itself and take out Hamas, they want to maximize how many Palestinians will be accidentally killed in the process. Mm. They then take these Palestinian dead, which is a tragedy. Every innocent civilian sure. killed. But I don't blame that tragedy on those defending themselves trying to target the terrorists. I blame that tragedy on the Hamas terrorists who try to target Israeli mm -hmm. civilians and hide behind their own civilians. So every time Israel goes in and produces these Palestinian deaths, they highlight it to the world and useful idiots around the world say, look, Israel's a, a genocidal maniac. Hey, a country trying to defend itself from terrorism yeah. aimed against billions is to blame. I think it might have been on another PragerU video, but one person made the comment that, that, that Israel uses missiles to protect its people. Hamas uses people to protect its missiles. Yeah, and it, mm -hmm. that image showing the one side by side is a perfect summary of this situation. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was important to share with people the lengths to which Israel goes to protect innocent Palestinian civilians. And so I cover it in the video, but in a nutshell, and you know, we'll see, you know, we're, this war is going in real time. We'll see, we'll see what we learn from this war. But every single past conflict, Israel's done the following. It's dropped leaflets to, to, to tell Palestinians, we're coming to your neighborhood, please leave. And they create safe passage corridors so Palestinians can safely flee and get out of harm's way. Israel has been doing that this war, by the way. Then when they want to target a specific building, because Israel, uh, Hamas will have operation centers or store missiles in a particular building, they'll text an email, uh, text and call everyone in that building to say, we're coming, please leave the building. They'll watch the building to see and make sure everyone's left. If not everyone has wow. left, they will do something called roof knocking. 
which is they drop a percussion bomb on the roof, which makes a loud, terrifying sound, but does not harm anyone. To convince people they are, they mean business and they're coming. Then when they see the last civilians have fled, they go after that building. In doing this, in providing these repeated warnings, Israel gives up the element of surprise. And in giving up the element of surprise, Israel places its soldiers at greater risk and its civilians at greater risk. Mm. Guess who hears these warnings and also flees to fight another day? But Israel is happy to put its soldiers and civilians at greater risk to save Palestinian civilians because Israelis are biblical people who value human life and do not want to harm the innocent. So it goes through all of these things to save Palestinian civilian lives. And the point of the, point of the second video is, is, what other choice does Israel have? On the one hand, they could do what Russia did when they were trying to put down a revolt uh, in Chechnya. They could just level Gaza without discriminating between civilians and Hamas. Right. That would be immoral. The Israeli army is a moral army. They're not going to do that. Israeli soldiers, citizen soldiers are not going to do that. That's unacceptable. The other extreme is to say, Hamas, you've outsmarted us. You're using uh, human shields and we value human life so much we don't want to hurt your civilian shields. I guess you've outsmarted us. I guess you have used your own, our oh. own morality against us. So we're going to cower here and just pray that you stop sending missiles at us. And now, in light of October 7th, I guess we're going to cower here and pray you stop sending your terrorists to massacre us and our babies. No mm-hmm. government on God's green earth can do that or should do that. That's also unacceptable. Yeah. So Israel does the only thing that is morally available to it. It fights Hamas while trying its best to spare Palestinian civilians. And they're doing it again now. And it's worth noting, Israel warned and waited and told everyone to leave North Gaza. 800,000 Gazans have. They are safe. We wow. are getting many reports Hamas is not letting others leave at gunpoint and through threats are getting civilians to stay because they want their civilian casualties and will do everything they can to produce them. Wow. Here's a, here's a interesting thing that I've seen. There's the, you know, the, the political figures known as the squad, uh, Rashida Tlaib and, and, and her cohorts, they've been pushed to say, at least I stand with the Palestinian people. I denounce Hamas. Like make make some kind of a separation between the two, at least be against the terrorist bad actors. Like at least make that separation. Right. They, they, they don't. There's no there's no willingness to comply to denounce the evil and support the the good. It's all good to them. It's telling, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if these people cannot bring themselves to condemn the most brutal massacre of Jews since the Holocaust. And not only brutal in the uh, the numbers, it's, it's the greatest massacre of Jews since the Holocaust in one day, but also the manner in which it was done. Right. Horrific murder and dismemberment of babies in front of their parents. The murder of parents in front of their babies. The kidnapping of babies away from their parents. If they cannot condemn this, then you, then you have to understand and accept they are not moral. They are not seeking to be moral. They are... A, apologists for the worst terrorists and they should have no legitimacy in our system. 100%. You're exactly right. Totally agree. 
Let me ask you a question, David. You know, we've got flyover family members that are going to be, they're listening to this and thinking, how can I support? With Maccabee Task Force, is there a way of donating or being a part, helping to further that program to get it in more in colleges? Uh, what's kind of a step that people could take for that? If people want to support our work, we'd be grateful. It's uh, MaccabeeTaskForce.org, M-A-C-C-A-B-E-E, written down at the bottom, MaccabeeTaskForce.org, or you can go to MacTaskForce.org for short. Okay. And with your support, we bring the truth about Israel to campuses. We do it in multiple ways. One of the things we're trying to organize now we need help with is we want to bring some of the survivors of October 7th to speak to college campuses. Wow. Wow. On college campuses are trying to deny this happened or they're trying to justify it. Let them do it in front of people who saw it, who suffered from it while they're telling their stories. Let them show themselves for the moral cretins they are. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to organize that. We organize these trips for campus leaders who, who are influential and important, who are anti-Israel, not because they have hate in their hearts, but just because they believe this horribly false anti-Israel narrative. We're going to bring them to Israel. We, we've, we've brought thousands already. Show them the truth. And the great news is, the surprising news is, it always changes them. They always wow. understand that they were misled and lied to. And so we we welcome the help with that because uh, the campuses are becoming ugly places. Mm-hmm. Um, Jewish students um, are terrified. And we can't just leave them uh, to the tender mercies of these terrorist sympathizers. We've got to go in. We've got to have their back. And we've got to share the truth. Totally agree. Flavor family, go to MaccabeeTaskForce.org. David, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everything that yeah. you're doing to help to educate people to get this information out there. We really appreciate it. Thank you for the effort to work through these toughest topics yes. in private so well and refine them that you can bring them into the public and and sort of break through deception and confusion that is is seems almost demonic in this time. Yeah, the, the truth is... Uh is uh is our, our our greatest strength and weapon and we have to wield it uh and, and do it with courage and uh and without getting tired so i appreciate the opportunity to share with your audience and i'm grateful uh for your support Absolutely. reclaiming israel's history the link is below that's his current book we'll have both prager you uh videos wherever you're from apple Podbean, uh, Rumble, wherever you're at, we'll have the links down below in the show notes that you can find those resources, not just to take it in, but to take it and then share it. People will Mm -hmm. listen to a tool probably before they will listen to you, unless you're David Brog, uh, (laughs) who, who made the tool. So, so thank you for your time and and allowing, allowing us to, to, to work through this with you today. Our founding fathers evolved the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. If you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, 
You could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. You wow. You the, the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that's $20 bill. What's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com. Dot com, fill out your information for a free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. So go to flyovergold.com or call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You will not regret it. We are so thankful for that relationship that we mm -hmm. have with Dr. Kirk. It's been so beneficial to us and the Flyover family. Great, great people. Um, speaking of, of you know, great people, I want to kind of end where we started, which is talking about the media. And, you know, technology and things, we're in a great position today that we weren't in 2016, yep. that we weren't in in 2020, where the ability for people to be able to create content and create a counter message, it's out there now. You got to look for it maybe a little bit, and it's probably not going to be on cable news, but it's out there. And I, and, I, and I look at some of the people that are making a difference. I'm going to highlight the good guys doing some good stuff, people that we've met. I know that mm -hmm. that are are doing their best to represent the truth in an honorable and integrous way. And uh, one of them is a guy that goes by the name of LT. I've had a chance LT. to meet him a few times. He has a show called And We Know. It's got the Romans 828 logo. Oh my gosh, we see that everywhere uh, that we go. We'll go to reawaken events or election integrity events or whatever. And we always see And We Know t-shirts. And you know, hats and they got that yep. logo on there. You we were see even it. in Israel. We were and in we Israel. saw And We Know t-shirts in Israel. We were in a line and uh, at the tomb. Yep. <laughs> and the people were there. And, and uh, so, you know, you get to meet friends and there's kind of a, a, a good association there. But he does a great job. He's got a very entertaining show. He brings in lots of cuts from the news, different things. And I'm sure the majority of you guys have probably watched it and seen his show. But I want to draw attention to it because uh, as, as much as we talk, hey, the media is doing the, the wrong things. I want you to know there are a lot of people in our space that are doing a good job yeah. putting out high quality uh, shows, uh, doing their research, doing their work, uh, working their little booties off, trying to educate people, mm -hmm. giving you tools that you can share that are going to appeal to the different friends and people that you have. LT does a great job. We think the world of him. I know that he loves the Lord and he works very hard and uh, we're very thankful for him being a patriot in this space. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We bless you. We bless, we bless you to realize you were born for such a time as this. Yes. We bless you to realize your future is brighter than your past. And we bless you to wake up, speak up, and show up. Peace out, y'all. We'll see you again next time. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Flyover Conservatives podcast with David and Stacey Whited. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and make it a great day. Yeah.